right. It's a Wednesday special time. Woo. It's it's a Wednesday special time. <laughs> it's a very nice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we uh, we're halfway through the week. Um, it's it's still it's still you know still pretty weird out there. Yeah, it's not it's not getting any better. Uh, you, you you hear you hear more about that on Friday. Yeah, uh, but you know, a little weak pick me up uh, that is legal and non prescription. How about a little bit of gooch? Yeah, between the eardrums, let's do it. So uh, this Wednesday, just kind of wanted to go on. Uh, you know, oh yeah, your mic's like turned. Oh, it's turned. That's, oh, uh, the other, other way. Yeah, eight hey, there. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. there we go. That's the sweet, sweet sound. I was trying of to figure out what the hell's going on there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I uh, just kind of wanted to have a little fun here. You know, uh, Friday's going to be a little more doom and gloom and, you know, a little more why things suck, but. You know, well, everybody's why sad we, uh, right now. Seasonal why, affective disorder. Yeah, why we are we doing all this shit? We gotta have, gotta have a smile once in a while. So, yeah. um, especially since we just got our first snowfall of the of the year here. On now. my birthday too, so that was yeah. that was fantastic. Uh, I'm go. not disclosing what day that was, was and what day we're say. filming. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a shock. Uh, I woke up. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, that pretty much shot all my plans because uh, you know wanted to go walk the doggo and. You never want to do it on the first snowfall. Oh, um, it's just a bad, bad time. It's just a mud day. That's exactly that. it. It's right? awful. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, she gets uh, she gets a little scared around the ice too. So um, I have a husky oh. and a Malamute. They are now in heaven. This, this is their favorite. We're gonna yeah, go to the park yeah, after this I, recording. I, I saw one of my neighbors. They got one of those like big white wolf dog things. <laughs> And uh, you know, it just it was like rolling around in the snow. Had yeah. the leash on, didn't care. It was just like ah, oh yeah, up, <laughs> so pumped. Tongue out. I was like, that looks like a happy dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we we adopted my Malamute. He's a he's a, a Malamute mix a couple of years ago, but he came from a kill shelter in California. Had never seen snow before, and uh, I think it was five six months after we got him um, in Kamloops, he gets his first snowfall, and it was the coolest thing ever because we let him into the backyard and like. Malamute, like the hint is in the name. It's an Alaskan Malamute. They are designed for winter. They're yeah. they're snowbound dogs, and it just it was so cool watching Second Nature happen. Like as as he realized what was happening, his tail starts going faster and faster, and he just puts his tongue on the ground and starts running in circles, licking the snow. It was he was just ecstatic. <laughs> it, it, like you almost it almost brought a tear to my eye to go like this is what he's needed his whole life. Yeah, and so yeah, it's uh. A little different for my doggos. They they love the snow. But yeah. Yeah, we're going to try and uh, warm it up. We'll do a little bit more of a get to know you, a little bit of uh, what's our favorite this, what made us who we are. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll uncover some gems as to what gave us some political sides. But uh, I want to start with something a little fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what was a movie, Tristan or Adam, I guess both of you, both of you that you watched and you were too young? Like it just fucked with you, gave you PTSD. Like, oh, uh, it was um, the uh, what the hell were they called? Uh, Child's Play movies. The oh, Chucky. Chucky. Okay. Chucky. My uh, my cousin, uh, my older cousin, she had them on, and I think I was six or seven yeah. when I saw it. And I'm still into like dolls and toys and stuff. And ah, uh, man, it was it was it was a lot of suffering from that because the way that my my bedroom was, my the where my pillow was on my bed, I'm facing a window, yeah. and the window. Um, had like just at the the top of the window, you could see just the the fence that divided between my our our property and our neighbor's property, okay. but just barely. And I I grew up in Vancouver, right, or in yeah. North Vancouver. So squirrels and raccoons are constantly running up and down that, and so and they're red. 
and uh, and you see these little feet moving and shit like that from the Chucky movie. Like it was it was it was nearly impossible to sleep. It Whoa. was hell. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would that would do you in. Uh what were you I, what was the movie I, I, uh, you probably saw to, too soon? I'm trying to think. Like uh I, I don't know. I've never really been a movie guy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess like a scary like documentary yeah, like, or something. Um again, trying to think, I mean like shit. Uh man, I don't know, drawing a blank, like hmm. fair enough. It makes sense, you know, a little bit more conservative parents, probably like probably not going to expose you to some of the more crazy shit out there. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's true. Right. Yeah. Like my parents owned a video store. So like, uh, well, my grand my grandfather owned a video store. My parents uh, were for work for him. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, we had like six Betamax machines. You needed that many because they kept getting jammed. Yeah. And like we had everything on VHS initially. Yeah. Um, we did a family movie night at my house as a kid. Yeah, we used to do that every yeah. Friday. We yeah. would have homemade pizza. Friday or Sunday or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'd, we'd go down to the basement. I remember uh, this was the old house we had before we moved to the neighborhood that uh, we grew up in. And uh, yeah, it was like the old, the old school, like all the wooden panels. Yeah, big, huge, like fucking kind of like my basement, eight hundred pound television. Oh yeah, it was a back oh, yeah, projector. The, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, my dad had like six controllers for this television. Yeah, you right. know, like one for the TV, one for the audio system, and if you didn't have that on right, there was another controller. And like, yeah, it was one did the volume, one did the turning things on, and one was for the DVD players. So it was really rather confusing. If you ever had guests over and you were trying to do it, it was like. Four different controllers at once. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember the, the movie I watched too early uh, was definitely Predator. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah. And it was actually, uh, we had these uh, like DVD player or whatever in the, in the car when I grew up. So we were driving out to uh, Victoria, I think, uh, one year. And uh, we're going on the ferry, whatever. We're watching this, uh, well, I'm watching this movie with my younger brother. And he is terrified. Like, my brother is absolutely fucking scared shitless, takes his headphones off, yeah. doesn't watch anymore, shuts it and just, like, sits there, and I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this, right? And, like, that movie is horrific, like, for an adult. Uh, I was probably, I don't know, eight, nine, and uh, I found it in the basement, I think. I was just like, I'm gonna watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, it has an alien on it, looks pretty cool. And I didn't tell my parents, and just popped in the DVD player, and yeah, <laughs> the next day. We go to the Redwood Forest in uh, in Victoria, right? Like uh, the, the Goldstream Park, I think it's called, with the salmon and shit. Yeah. And my dad's like, Evan, look at the salmon. And I was just like PTSD fucking <laughs> looking at the, the trees. trees yeah. like, it's fucking out there. It's fucking We're going to get it. We're going to get a plasma blast. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, that was definitely a movie I, I watched a little too soon. It was interesting. Like, I... I watched a lot of, I mean, a lot of movies when I was younger, and the psych thrillers always got me excited, but never actually fucked with me. But it was yeah. like the the gory stuff initially that really got me when I was younger, because you just like my mom was anti weapons in the house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's probably a good thing just with my high energy level. Um, but yeah, so like as a result, I wasn't initially I wasn't allowed to watch things and then it was just like I didn't, didn't even care to because I was like why would I yeah. but like um Power Rangers was like one of those initially I couldn't watch it and then she was like oh never mind it's all just for fun so like she eased off and then I could watch it but I didn't really care to like I watched some of it and I know the premise yeah. but that's about it but um wrestling was another one of those ones where 
it was kind of funny. Like when I was 11, it is when it would hit the national level of like, is this fake? Because like now everybody knows it's just, it's cinema. It's like, it's, it's basically how, how fucking Republicans go to theater, right? Like uh, they don't go to the opera. They go to go a WWE, uh, uh, a presentation whatever you want to call you, it you right? know uh you know it was pretty yeah. funny i was watching uh nfl yesterday and you always get the american commercials because i watch it on fox yeah and they had this uh <laughs> wrestlemania wwe tribute to the troops and they had, <laughs> i'm not kidding that was what they like they had all these like wrestlers oh yeah. fucking, like hit guys with chairs or shit and then there's just all these troops that kept like cutting to them and it's like my story of afghanistan was really uh Really a tough, uh, really a tough experience. Oh, get hit with the chair, motherfucker! Yeah. And I'm just like, like cutting between those two things, and it's just like, well, I mean, like this dude supported Donald Trump, who I was mean, a, like draft dodging Donnie, <laughs> right? Like this guy made up a fucking illness so that he didn't have to get drafted into into the military. Yeah, right. Like my favorite nickname I've heard for him was uh, Toupee Fiasco, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think that's a Toupee? Yeah. Oh fuck! I don't yeah, know. I don't think it really matters. At the I, end I of the day, it's, 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 a, it's a relevant enough distraction to keep away uh, to keep us from talking about how goddamn dumb he is. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it does like well, whatever. Yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I, I completely agree with that. Uh, no more there. Um, no, I, I, I guess another another fun question. I guess uh, I, I did the last one, Adam. Why don't you? Uh, why don't, you ask oh, a, why don't you ask a fun question? <laughs> oh, God. Why you always put it on me? I don't know. Um, well, you weren't in a movie. It's like, I can, I'll go, I'll ask you one, Adam. Like, what, like, what, what music influenced you or what entertainment were you exposed to when you were a kid if it wasn't movies? Uh, yeah, definitely music. Like, uh, growing up, dad, Rush, Zeppelin. Yep. It was like top of the, top of the thing. And like, all the, like, all the classics we listen to still have, like Credence and stuff, when we're getting stoned. Like, how can you not? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Little CCR, never. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I find it interesting. Like, we grew up on like like what you're saying is rock and roll, which tells me that like your parents probably had like a little bit of a rebellious side because that's how they went was through their music, and then rock kind of got co opted, and so then it uh, hip hop became like the next rebellion music, and then that's yeah, been co opted yeah. now. So it's like the ne- what's the next rebellion? It's kind of been weirdly like with Lil Nas X a little bit like almost country. <laughs> yeah. was a little bit um, of a rebellion because it was a deviation from country by using yeah. some country twang with hip hop to kind of shove other narratives like to go anti mainstream narrative but yeah music is interesting I like I mean I grew up more with hip hop um, I mean I got the rock side from my mom and the hip hop side from my dad I would say yeah. Uh, but yeah it, it was again always kind of that focus on the rebellion like i mean it was really relevant to me and my childhood early on with um like looking at rage against the machine and eminem and marilyn manson and all of these uh big and, yeah. and the dixie chicks all being targeted by fucking the president of the united states right and and it's crazy to see how music was so powerful that the president was willing to restrict it if they thought it was going to jeopardize their power yeah that's crazy hey right like, yeah. uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, uh, music's just so, 
different like even out here in Alberta, there's a lot more people that listen to like country. Yeah. And uh, I can't. Well, do I'm it. sure yeah. they're the first ones to get pissed at the idea of Lil Nas X even producing anything under a country label. Well, but. you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, that's, uh, it's funny. Cause call I it what up, you want it. My mom listened to like Tom Jones. Homophobia? And, uh, what else? Uh, <laughs> Simon Garfunkel, that yeah. kind of stuff. That was more my mom. And then my dad was like meatloaf, Judas priest, Stuff like that, more oh, theatrical man. rock, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was like right around when I got into high school, I got into like that. Uh, well, not like heavy metal by any stretch, like screamo shit like that. Yeah. But you know, like classic, uh, you know, heavy rock, I guess is what they call it now. Like you know, uh, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Metallica, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and then. Uh, when I got in the car business, it's just been 80s music, I guess. Yes, it yeah. always is. Yeah, it's, there's, uh, it's, it's just got to be. There's, a, there's definitely a couple albums that uh, have sh- like shaped the way that I uh, write and listen and like everything to do with music. Um, two, 2004, do you remember when American Idiot came out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Bullet in the Bible. Oh, my Such God. Such a good album. That's yeah. one of the best albums. It's produced mixed by two of my favorite people rob cavallo produced it chris lord algae yeah. mixed it two just godsend people so that really canadian got me too, into, aren't they um you know what i, I think green green day is canadian oh no green day is not canadian they're no? from california i thought that was the irony um, of american idiot was that they were actually canadian but uh, uh i guess not no i don't no, i guess don't i guess not that. fair enough <laughs> I, I, I don't know shit about music other than within my very limited scope, so fair uh, enough. That's okay. You know every everything about everything else. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> even if you got this one little gap, it's, it's like not even... Well, like my favorite shit to listen to early was like, like I had um, uh, Alapalooza, which was uh, the cover of it was Jurassic Park, and it was uh, Weird Al uh doing oh. his like re- remix of all the music <laughs> okay and that's what, cool what i got it, it actually it was interesting weird al <laughs> was my foray into hip-hop initially like the yeah. early at the earliest stage because what he teaches you is poetry and reinterpretation right yeah. like that's yeah. really what he teaches you is like the basics of poetry and reinterpretation of Fucking different zones Amish and, paradise yeah and like there were uh there were songs that like i would Tell i would me, only know the words I have to get myself so constipated oh, God. <laughs> in something the in the fridge yeah like he's <laughs> yeah. got he's got a lot of really good ones but it was it, it was interesting because he was such a a child-friendly foray into that world of like reinterpreting and and redoing things to fit whatever you want like yep. oh yeah you took that beat that's great i really like that beat and that rhyme scheme okay well i'm just gonna change the words and have some fun with it we're gonna yeah. make a song that yeah. kind of go like it was like when White the first time you heard somebody like insult somebody else and, and it was always gonna be around halloween and it was always gonna be a bully doing it but they would go no 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 fat man right yeah. right away you go ha ah, creativity i kind of like you you yeah. hate it if you're the target of it but you go it's kind of funny not yeah. gonna lie right because like we used to sing those songs all the time it was like uh what was it batman got away and the uh joker oh, yeah. laid an egg i don't remember yeah, all, yeah, any yeah, of that yeah. but it was like played off of an original song and then it was our own childhood lyrics yeah so it was like we were all our own little weird al so i found he was kind of a cool unique aspect of music that just doesn't like Lil dicky is i guess the newer weird al kind of but he's not really the same thing um I no, mean, he's crazy. I mean, one of the first he's, people you fucking cool. like he he jumped up on the scene with Chris Brown, a guy 
who if you've ever had the displeasure of reading the transcript of what actually <laughs> happened when he beat the fuck out of Rihanna and you th- if you ever think anything positive about Chris Brown I implore you to go and read that just go and read the words he said and affirmed in court go and see it just it's it's horrific he's a horrible human being yeah um and so yeah I how, would like how did to a think guy like that even get Rihanna like I mean straight up you he, know what's funny is two years before that guy. Two years before the incident, sure. Or no, sorry, it was one year before the incident. Uh, Doctor Phil, the charlatan, uh, charlatan that he uh, he is, he's not as bad as Doctor Oz. But, don't 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 but, be shitting on the Phil, man. But <laughs> Doctor Phil had someone on who was uh, claiming to be an expert in uh, what I what I would call a new age version of phrenology. The phrenology was like back when you would study the shape of someone's head and decide if they were a criminal based off of certain lumps. <laughs> okay. So this woman. It was talking about how you can tell good or bad bad people based off of their the the genuineness of their smile and specific wrinkle zones and whatnot. And her fucking example was Chris Brown. She used Chris Brown's smile as an example of a good person. Well, she yeah. uh, so uh, her she, whole science uh, fucking threw out immediately. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I hate that he like little Dicky. As much as I enjoy some of his music, he jumped onto the scene on the back of a fucking ass hat. So kind of sucks yeah man. but it is I mean, a funny he, you song. know what to be fair he was doing stuff before that too oh yeah he, he was he, he just he that did, was the that one was, that blew yeah. up you know the, the the one like if we're talking about like troll comedians and like, he's got Al, no control over it i think one yeah. of my favorite troll comedians has to be sasha bear cohen oh yeah oh. i i, I think he's the, the best man, at it on a oh, global scale no oh. one does anything like him he is he's number an artist one. he's <laughs> an artist like he he literally fools people like you know that that uh i think it was like some state senator or mitch mcconnell he got to say the n-word oh no uh, he was like one. pretending to be this like israeli like defense yeah. instructor <laughs> yeah. and uh he's like okay what do you do if a black man attack you you need to yell n-word as loud as you can right and then the guy's just like it's this fat white guy he's going n-word and like actually saying it yeah like screaming it at the top of his lungs and uh they got it on film and then he just like put it out in like a youtube release Guy lost his job like immediately, but like, how do you fall for that? But, they, like, they, but that, that, your but level of your level of critical thinking has to like the guy shouldn't have been in public office. It's, it's at not all. critical thinking. This is this is the funny thing is when <sighs> like we've all been. I think one of the reasons why I can actually understand where they come from is because we've all been bullied. We've been that person who's been left out. I think I know. And, okay, and so what I think is everybody's looking for a place where they feel it accepted in what they want to do including asshats and 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 bigots and we've seen this because they were they're so like the word cancel culture comes from the bigots who are upset with people realizing that they're bigots and that they're not safe in their little circles. Well, like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta argue on the side of the counter counterculture counter movement because it, it it has really changed how we communicate with each other especially when it comes to electronic communication uh like social media and how we present because ourselves. words come like words my, attached my, my, to your my reputation thing is if we have a population of 38 million people and you're offending a group of 300,000 who yeah. gives a shit like what happened that's, to who gives three hundred thousand people? I, I I understand that, but if it, those three hundred thousand people affect the bottom line of your employer, then that your employer. I understand, but there also <laughs> has to be an effect of free speech somehow. It is free and speech. You were more than welcome to say what you said. Yeah, but telling, you weren't punished telling, for telling, it. In like, any... Going back to our first episode or whatever about Gina Carrera, cancel culture, that kind of shit. Yeah. 
uh, the lady from uh, you know uh, Disney. That wow, just that was lost a while ago. Yeah, but like it, this this shit happens every day. Like people open their mouths that honestly shouldn't be in the public sphere. Like Snowden or the public sphere needs to assess itself and say, "Whoa, hold on, why are we being so picky about what people say when we literally?" Put a camera in front of them, and they all they want to do is really speak their mind. Oh, now what we have to say doesn't fall into this cookie cutter shape of they can everybody say whatever needs they want. to be happy. They can say whatever they want. They can't threaten people, and they can't they can't go in go into private property and claim that they have all of the same powers that they would have in public. That makes sense. See now, where does right? like where, where's the line on like? Because I was having a conversation like this the other day. Where's the line on like slander? What that mean? kind of thing, like, 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 like the legal line. Yeah, well, like, say, yeah, like you're online, you're on Facebook, you're talking some well, shit so about some libel guy is and, like, printed, slander is spoken. So that's that's a important distinction right away. So slander is very, 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 very fucking difficult to prosecute um, unless you have power, right? Because then what you're talking about is like someone in a position of power, um, like a boss or a CEO, is saying shit about one of their employees, which like poisons something. So and it's more has- often than not, what it is is li- uh, li- slander is going to be. It's difficult to prove, but what it, it, it's typically connected to a power imbalance that fucks an individual. Whereas libel is anything that uh, mischaracterizes the position of someone um, in printed form. So, okay, but the, the the way that it's it's litigated is um, so. Let's say I print something that says. Um, Adam is uh, harboring children in his basement and to harvest their organs, right? Completely ridiculous, absurd, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, now, scenario one, nothing happens to you because uh, seven people read my blog and they're all related to me. Uh, you try to sue, you can't prove damages. So nothing happens, right? Yeah. Scenario number two, okay. uh, something happens. That that's the first thing that has to engage is you have to have a loss that's resulted from it. So um, let's say you lose your job as a result of it because your boss is like, well, I have a daughter and this sounds plausible because I also I needed a transplant and Adam denied giving me a children's liver. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, so he fires you right now. You've got a loss that you can tangibly connect to what ha- what happens now. Okay, okay. Uh, so then we go to court. Right. But that's not where it ends, because let's say I have an investigator and. We, we, we can prove that you are doing it. Now you lose because you have every right to have your actual reputation connected to you. So if you're actually doing it, there's no crime. So it's only under the scenario in which A, you lose something and B, uh, you lost it because of lies being spread. Um, but if it's truthful, but then- if it's truthful, then you're fine, which is why Donald Trump never actually follows through with the lawsuits about, uh, when people have been... Uh, uh, libelistic uh, or or potentially uh libelistic it uh, towards him i think libelistic i don't know committing libel anyways um slandering him in written form so he threatens people on a regular basis um and he, he doesn't follow through but he doesn't follow through because he would lose if he showed up to court so because most of the time it's true right like the p tapes 100 percent. he used to pay people to not talk about him but it's because <laughs> if if he went to court on any of them he would lose instantly so that's just ha- that's how those those cases work so yeah there's a okay. you think he really peed on those broads i think it, oh, I, mean, probably. I think there's videos uh, uh, uh that enough people have affirmed thinking that it would make sense but i don't know what, what is it with like super rich guys <laughs> just like get themselves in situations like that like hunter biden too with his laptop 
Well, I feel like you just piss tapes. When when you've lived in in an like an insulated world your whole life, you have you don't understand how to appreciate anything, and so like a thrill. Like, how do you get a high? Like, imagine imagine someone who's had meth pumped into their veins since day one, right? Not only do they need their meth every day now, but they also can't feel a high unless they experience a high greater than meth, right? And I think for a lot of the wealthy people, they don't experience highs because, like, most of my highs in of childhood came from things like um, family get-togethers at holidays where, like... You wouldn't expect, I remember one, for for example, like I wouldn't have expected to have actually been able to get a bike that had full suspension. We never had money, uh, like compared to my friends, but my friends all had these bikes with shocks on them. And I just wanted one that looked the same way. And I remember like, I looked at the tree when I first, uh, when we were first, uh, allowed to go down there and there was nothing big enough to be it. And, um, and I remember kind of the first initial feeling going like, okay, I mean, like that was what I expected. And my dad casually like halfway through opening gifts that morning uh, goes, Oh, can you go get me the, the paper kiddo? And I go to get the paper and there's a bike on the front uh, deck. Yeah, nice. And I mean, I broke down. Um, but that's, that's one of the, the greatest memories ever was. And, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like when you've had a friend that reached out and did something for you. Um, and I, and I've got tons of examples of that, but I think that, those are experiences that a lot of the wealthy never actually have. They don't actually have, because they don't have anything to lose, they don't really have anything to gain either. It's a very shitty life, I that's, think. Uh, that's, that's a strange way to look at it, because you'd think that because of their wealth, they could get anything they wanted. But but then why would they value, want anything? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, well, if you always had everything, why value anything at all? Exactly, which you is know? then you start wanting things other people don't want, like getting peed on by prostitutes. Oh. Uh, I right? kind of want that. So, well, <laughs> I mean, then no. uh, I, I think no, Adam is no. is someone who will truly never be satisfied. Then no, no comment. Yeah, I'm okay to avoid golden showers. I take two regular showers a day. I don't need a third one. So, no shit. Yeah, literally. But, uh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not for some people. Oh yeah. my god! Because that, like, that's well, the next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know what's so funny like anytime anybody thinks that like not another teen movie did you guys ever see that oh. like all i ever wanted was someone to shit on my chest like that's part of not another teen movie but what people f- often forget is the fucking headliner the hottest dude ever the guy with that that was made into a uh, banana split with like whipped cream and a banana sticking out of his butthole was none other than captain america yeah chris evans had a banana shoved up his ass and whipped cream sprayed into his ball sack um, and was trying to chase a chick who wanted someone to shit on her chest. That was the premise of the movie. They had a guy named the token black guy. That was who he was. That, that I find, I find old movies like, like what we used yeah. to get away with uh, comical as to how bad they were. Oh my God. Holy oh. shit. Were they bad? There was a part uh, in that movie where he shows up to a party and there's another black guy there. I think yeah. that was, and just... he was like, Oh shit, man. Yeah, it was actually the black. The other black dude yeah. was the guy from Save the Last Dance. I remember <laughs> I think, that. I think back then, like in the '90s, early 2000s, like you know that there's that comic joke that like comics will tell each other. Ever call it the aristocrats? Yes. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Bill Godfrey's like 
the, yeah. day, oh, the best of the best. The day after 9-11 happened, opened with a 9-11 joke at a co- comedy hall or whatever to like booze. And then he did the aristocrat joke where he's like, <laughs> and then the mother is fucking and sucking the sun and the dog's on top shitting on both of them. Oh, and he's just God. going off. Yeah. And like it goes for nine minutes, this yeah. joke. And like I, I watched this the other day. And it still makes me laugh, but comedy doesn't do that shit anymore. You oh know, yeah, they do. They like, just they're they like Daniel Tosh. Uh, I was just and, touching on what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, they, I think that they do, but it's. I think honestly, we had like can't be as public. No, maybe? no, it can. I think the crazy thing is, is that what happened early on when you had like. The Simpsons is the first adult-themed uh, um, animated show that broke between the political barriers, so both sides watched it, but they had arguably more left-leaning political messages than anything, despite uh. the fact that they had a dad right, routinely ch- choking his son as a punishment, and he was also a rampant alcoholic and ob- morbidly obese, huh. um, and and also show it, like being a little bit... Um, taking side shots at the american position at the time that was anti-nuclear power because they wanted to associate idiots with nuclear energy so they're like they basically were taking side jabs at everyone but the why it's important to know that and south park and all of these guys is everybody everybody in the western world could only watch those shows what we have now I don't know if it's necessarily cancel culture uh, that impacts some of that. Um, potentially, there's some play in there, but we've already been over how I don't really like to attribute much to it. Is But I think that a lot of it is like, there's so much more entertainment. Yeah. Like, how do you filter it? Yeah. There's there's so much. Like, we used to have family movie night, right? Like you said, but yeah. it wasn't hard to pick the movies like because there were only a just, handful of ones that had come out recently, and your new or releases, Rogers video, and yeah. you know you either watched a classic. And I remember, like when I was a kid, uh, every week, uh, you know, uh, another person would get to pick, right? Yep. And uh, I remember there was this one week my mom got to pick, and it was always like the worst. We were like, "Oh, mom's picking this week." <laughs> and uh, it's always the case. We watched this movie called The Red Violin, and it is still oh. one of my favorite movies. Uh, to this day, and I, I can't find it anywhere. It, it, you know, yeah. it's the it's 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 a cool story. It goes all through history, and uh, it's it's a fucking great movie. And yeah. you know, I just feel like you're right. Like because there's so much choice now, everybody's just a lot more individual. Like I can't get my wife to sit and watch a movie with me on my birthday. Like if I'm like, <laughs> hey, you know, you want to watch this? Uh, you want to watch this? No, and I'll go upstairs and watch my own thing. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then it, right, it's, I find it's it even birthday, more. Man. Follow her up. <laughs> but I find it even more troubling when you cu- couple it with the fact that the entertainment that they're cutting out of curriculums going forward are the older stuff, not the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a huge problem with cutting out things like To Kill a Mockingbird or Mississippi Burning. Yeah. Um, it's inappropriate. Uh, yeah. Or like, like To Kill a Mockingbird was so ahead of its time. It's and it was apt for its time, but like we're talking the, the the entire premise of the of the show was a white lawyer defending a black litigant against a white mob, basing most of their positions on fucking racism coming out of the 30s in black and white. Like it was 
sensational. The Atticus movie Finch. Atticus Finch. Everybody should know that. And yeah. uh, Mississippi Burning about the great fires and and the the, ra- the race war that was going on at the time. Two um, good actors in that movie too. Yeah, the, but the, it, the movie, a hundred percent. But but I mean, reading these books is incredibly important to to understand the context of what was going on and how long this fight's been. Because to me, we get we're having more entertainment sh- shoved our way to distract us more. Yeah. I think that that's really what it comes down to. So you think the arts are more of a distraction than a criticism now, and that's the issue. I think so. I yeah. think that if we look, it, it makes sense. If you follow the money, if we always play the game of yeah. follow the money, banks bankroll the universities. Universities have been pumping out more fine arts and arts-related degrees. Yeah. Um, less no, tangible you, you know, ones. I think and, you're onto something there, because movies used to be like, look at Star Wars, stand up yeah. to the rebels and you know, like be the rebel and like fight the emperor because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And like democracy is pretty cool. And nowadays it's just not the, the, the story. Like, Special I, effects. I, 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 yeah, exactly. But how do you I control that, the narrative of token whiteness, which is what they want to do, right? Like huh. white, white, white narrative ca- couldn't exist. The more, the more that social media shows, uh, I just shows you ask, this, what does token whiteness look like to you? I think it's when you put a scenario where all white people in history have always been homogenous, as if they've been one one working class. And huh. like to me, whiteness wasn't it wasn't a thing pre industrial revolution. Fair. Because prior to that there was it was national and creed and like you had uh even within it your family lines and your yeah. and your communities. So it was a lot more localized. The the idea of whiteness is a defense mechanism. Uh well, I think it's an offense mechanism. It's a way of gathering support to uh to try and subjugate others. But I think that sure. the the entertainment machine does that very well, which is why we're seeing things like uh, Shang-Chi and Black Panther getting as much um, accolades as they are. When, let's be honest, the first Marvel superhero to really make a massive hit and it involved Ryan Reynolds in the movie was fucking Wesley Snipes' Blade. In the yeah. early 2000s, that's a Marvel superhero. They're now re- redoing it, but he's the one who started it. He was more successful than any of the Fantastic Fours. He was more successful than the original Hulk with Edward Norton. Too like, bad he didn't hey, pay his taxes. Too bad he didn't pay his taxes. <laughs> that part sucked. But but at the end of it, like he had a trilogy, three yeah. movies through Marvel that were like huge movements for, for Black Icon, but a lot of the narratives didn't come forward. But what we saw, like, I saw a TikTok about this um, by a black creator and um, like the phenomenon exists on, on TikTok too. There's a lot of uh, um, like stitches and whatnot that start by black creators that like yeah. one white guy with 50 million followers will take and then they'll just all share it and assume that it was that guy who made it. But this guy talks about how um, the interesting lineage of the word colonizer being used in mainstream publicity and how it connects directly to a joke made in black Panther in 2018, Mm. because that's when it was first used directly at a white person in conversation on a public level, right in your face where they're like, Oh, Hey, colonizer. Right. And it's now such a huge sensitive spot for so many white folks. And I actually enjoy it. Yeah. I don't get why. Well, because like, I mean, again, a lot of this is in the United States where it's really a lot more evident. In Canada, it's hard to know. Be, I, 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 it's not hard. There's 7,000 plus uh, uh, dead indigenous children in North America. So it's not hard to show. But I feel like we have a lot higher immigration levels in Canada. And so 
it's harder to directly connect the historical atrocities. Whereas the in the United States, a lot of people on TikTok have been coming up with family records showing slave purchases. And oh. and further to that, the hostility in the comment sections when those white people are told that they should be giving those to museums so that black people can actually understand their history and lineage, yeah. lineage they they get livid. They go, "This is my family history. This is my lineage." And it was like, "No, no, it's well, no, not. it's fucking not. No, it's but, not. Uh, uh, but, but it's public it's, lineage. It's, uh, the problem is, and this isn't right, but you technically could throw up the fact that." The slaves were property. Yeah, but they're not anymore. Yeah, I understand that. But back then they were. But hey, even if it's an owned by a business property, you know, you could argue. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that, like, absolutely, put it in a fucking museum. Hundred percent. But I think like this is. But, but it, it go, it's worse than the individual because it's bad when the individuals do it in the states. But it's worse yeah. when you see this with cultural societies and museums with like First Nations headdresses, <laughs> yeah. right? Where they don't want to return them. And there's huge uproars with with uh, archaeological museums that don't want to give uh, uh, things back to other countries that they stole them from. Well, like the right? uh, the, the the jewel of Africa that is on one of the royal family's scepters. It's like oh, a four hundred million dollar stone, and it's just like chilling. Yeah, of course. It's just chilling somewhere in the UK. Where's, where's the Hope Diamond right now? Yeah, that like it's you're completely right. I mean, I don't see how we could you know take and expropriate all the shit we've done and not get called colonizer. And it's it's an accurate term. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like if you have white skin, chances are one of your generations, if you had the Animus machine, was probably colonizing some shit. Yeah. You know, like it's and that doesn't bother me. No, it's it's history. Like, you know, it, don't whatever. tear down the monuments. That's not, I didn't do I didn't do that shit. Like, yeah. have, I mean, but I, and our goal is not to like we don't have to you don't have to even d- deny or affirm no. your own connection. What you do is you just make sure that it doesn't fucking continue. Exactly. That's the main the main thing going forward is to stop is to stop this bullshit train. I, I feel but like what, it's pretty where fucking it's, easy. But where it's connected yeah. to entertainment and why I find it interesting is I find that whenever entertainment becomes valuable white conservatism starts claiming it as a threat because it is it is a threat to white conservatism to to white conservatism yeah and so it's what they do is they pump out more white conservatism in that in that regard i mean like it's actually it's not slavery anymore i mean well i mean if they could return to it i I wouldn't be surprised but i do think that what makes you say that uh, their desire to subjugate others, not necessarily based off of the color of their skin, but desire for who to other. subjugate others. Like who specifically is determining what is classed as anybody who white. would be who would take pride in a pro-capitalist stance when you understand those who suffer as a result of it. So Fair. I think that the the ideal of a lot of the the American South is a return. Not just ideology, or not just uh, to the lifestyle of that, but to the ideology of the 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 fifties, um, and and maybe even the eighteen fifties. So it's uh, not Yeehaw. and again not not the lifestyle, but potentially some of the the quote unquote freedoms, which are as we've already talked about, only really freedoms for people who have uh, you know power, which you can claim yeah. as firepower or skin based social power or whatever you want to claim it to be. But what I think is interesting is we start seeing a massive influx of entertainment. Yep. So entertainment boosts like crazy every time entertainment starts becoming valuable and convincing people one way or another. And well, so just we look, get look at what happened in the twenties, though. I mean, when you when you go against the arts, like when they 
did prohibition, for example, it just pushes the black market and frankly, the counterculture movement. Yeah. Which is, which is why you don't want to deny like the, the algorithms have to change away from what people want and towards an ideal of what people need. But because we have a global competition and the algorithms are run by uh, a competitor in that yeah. global competition, that ideal will never be met. Right. So it's it, like, Honestly, the only the I would have given so much props to Trump if he was actually able to get TikTok to sell some of their like uh, a controlling portion of their company, fifty one percent to the United States, which is one thing he was trying to do. Yeah, it would have been like his reasoning for doing it was nefarious for sure. But the outcome of it of owning that would have actually put all cancellation on the U.S. government, which means that you're no longer fighting like an international ideological war. You're actually fighting against your own government. Made, it would have made things a lot more interesting. We would have been able to directly connect the marketing um, that that's on the app to the U.S. government's involvement, and that would have been a lot more fun for us to see, at least. Yeah, I think that uh, you can you can stretch it any way you like. I mean, when there's enough people looking at something, though, yeah, that's when you're going to get the truth. And I think that. That would be a beautiful thing if we could actually. But is it is it really when you get the truth though? I I honestly think that it's not always the case. Like I I just think more people involved in that situation would always come out with better results. I think when you're relying on one person to tell you what's going on, that's when the shit hundred percent, hundred percent. I just think that also there's just going to be a fundamental level of mistrust when people don't have their needs being actualized, and it's why we have conspiracy theories about everything at all times, right? Yeah. Um. And we need to learn to divide between it. I think that like there's there's a golden rule when you're evaluating conspiracies, which is never attribute to malice what can be explained with uh, um, negligence or or stupidity, right? But that's not fun. No, exactly, it's not <laughs> fun. But it's a very uh, apt way to move forward without damaging your own mental health. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, because it's the most logical. Like. Um, it's it's funny. So I was in a I was in a class and I was the only person in the class to answer this question correctly. But what it showed was just people's fundamental inability to um, understand how statistics work. And so there was a question, and the question was posed to the class in the following way: It says you're about to hire someone. Yeah. Her, her name is Julie, um, and you have her resume in front of you, and it says that Julie uh, she works in the tech industry. And she is uh, active on several uh, social boards, um, including ones that are involved in Saving the Forest and um, other social uh, social outreach organizations. Uh, she plays the violin, and she likes to volunteer her time at a homeless shelter. What is more likely, that Julie is a computer programmer or that Julie is a computer programmer and a feminist? Whoa. Okay. Strange question. I know. Yeah. Um. What grade was this? This was in college. Okay, so this good. Was, this was in psych. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You weren't going to fail a grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. <laughs> um, I mean, I I don't... So I can tell you that even if you get the answer right now, it's based off of luck. So I'll, I'll tell you how how the statistics play into it and probability plays into it. It's called a compounding issue. So statistically, A has to be right. 
because in both scenarios, she's a computer programmer, Yeah, which means that the statistical likelihood of either happening is the same, but only in one of them do you add a new nuance, which creates a statistical variable, yeah. which means that you're less likely to be two things than you are to be one thing. Yeah. But I'm in a room with two very smart people, and that's a hard one to grasp, and less than 10% of people actually understand that right, like fundamentally, but why that's such a huge issue is when you start looking at conspiracy theories, a lot of the time they rely on people's fundamental mis- misunderstanding of how those probabilities work. Yeah. Right? And, and also they can draw the similarities between A and B yeah. and say, well, it has to be B because this is a computer programmer. Yeah. Obviously, that's not just the answer. Well, right? and, and it like, makes it fun for us atheists where we can look at a Jewish person and a Christian person, and we yeah. can go to the Christian person, we can look at them and go, you are statistically less likely to be correct than the Jewish person. Yeah. And further that, the Mormon is is statistically less likely to be correct than the Christian and yeah. the Jew, yeah. right? I believe and, that. <laughs> and but, but you don't even have to believe it. I can prove it instantly, because the Christians say yes to all of the, Jew, the Jewish faith, but also this. And the Mormons say yes to all of the Christian faith, but also Salt White Lake City. Jesus. Yeah. Right, but they but they also say also Utah, right? So they they but 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 it's it's just a matter of compounding statistical likelihood, right? And so when you realize Scientology, then well, Scientology, I think is what you look at is the the creator, the guy who has a quote of the fastest way to get wealthy is to start a religion. Like L. Ron Hubbard was also arrested several times for having minors uh, on his boat. He he was a horrible human being through and through. Um, And he was a science fiction writer. And if you go through any of his uh, failed early novels, uh, you can find uh, relevant stories that are now inside of uh, the Scientology um teachings and further to that on there's tiktokers who now infiltrate scientology which is really funny there's one who uh this guy was like let's just go and test their morals so he uh he goes and he's got a he's got a pocket cam on yeah and he's like how much for this dianetics book and they're like 150 dollars and he was like look look i had to steal it from my friend for like like i I just needed this book i knew i needed this book so i stole 150 bucks from my friend and i just wanted like i wanted to look you in the eyes because like this is about belief and this is about doing the right thing and i I just want to know like what what do you think i should do should i buy like should i get this book or should i give the money back and she goes well i mean it's like uh, at the end of the day we just care that if if your friend is mad they're only mad with you (laughs) so buy the book that's what she said. So, so buy the book. And also, and then she goes, and also Mark is in a is running a course later today. And I really think you should do that. The book wasn't the full 150. So she made sure to extract all of it. Oh, good. Yeah. So like horrible human being. Horrible. Um, but again, like I think it's just you you can come down to the statistical likelihood of things to happen. And when when we're evaluating what's going on in a world that's getting increasingly difficult to do it, just ask yourself, like, what's more likely? Like, we know that three people, any, uh, like, if more than three people have to k- keep a secret, it's probably not going to fucking happen. So, <laughs> so <laughs> right now, for the 9-11 truthers out there, you would need more than 4,000 people to have kept a secret. You're wrong. Yeah. Just, you're wrong. Or the moon hoax. The moon hoax. Russia has Wrong. <laughs> Russia has not come out and said that it's, uh, that the U.S. lied. <laughs> Russia. Russia. The, yeah. co- the country that was competing with you for the arms race to get to the moon said that it was legitimate. But the flag was flapping. There's no wind in space. JFK's assassination. All of them. <laughs> All of these things are here's, absurd. Here's what I don't understand. I mean, uh, the, the, that guy was assassinated 
by a guy with a bolt action rifle. Yep. Okay. And everybody's just like, oh, these black rifles, they're the problem. Not nope. if you know what the fuck you're doing. It doesn't yeah, matter. You got three shots off in matter. nine seconds. That doesn't, yeah, and the bolt, a shitty Italian bolt action rifle. Yeah. He'd also killed another cop earlier, uh, um, in the, I think in the week or two weeks prior oh, to shit. that. Oh, shit. Didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, and then uh, he was trying to assassinate Nixon, and his wife locked him in the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, he like, honestly, the only conspiracy that, that that's here is the American government or media or whoever is toting these conspiracy theories, yeah. because in my opinion... The the only people who benefit from a conspiracy theory about one lone gunman taking down the president are is the system. The system benefits from making sure that people don't think that a lone wolf can have an impact. Yeah. Right? And but, but you know what? I just I just said the worst fucking white sentence ever. Lone wolf. Then a fucking murderer can have it. Because we, we <laughs> love to call our murderers lone wolves. I find that very interesting. I'm, I'm stealing this from a Pakistani comedian from TikTok I, whose, whose name I don't know. But uh, but I saw it and I was just like, that is fucking hilarious. They're like, <laughs> they're like, no, oh, it's a it's a terrorist. Wait, no, there's an American flag there. It's a patriot. Like, <laughs> it's Lone wolf. <laughs> he was a murderer. Wait. Wait, was he white? Oh, he was a lone wolf. There was a uh, lone wolf. It was a white guy who did a lot of murderings. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, we we uh, yeah. I think we did a lot of talking around. I don't know if we got a conclusion That's, here. I don't know if you got any more questions. No, but, uh, man. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're right on time here. I think that uh, it was just a fun little Wednesday special. Kind of yep. went off uh, here and there. And last did this week and was that. so long, so a little bit shorter today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna keep them all around uh, sixty minutes going forward. That'll I think. do. I just want to shout out my buddy Adam. He stopped by my dealership uh, the other day, looking at a vehicle. Uh, you know, he, uh, he said he was listening to us like the show. Nice. Um, oh, nice. He, he did burn me in front of my entire staff, though. He was like, yeah, you know, you said you were good at math on the podcast, but <laughs> I literally met you because we both failed math in our first semester. <laughs> so I was just, I turned like bright red. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that good at math. So that's why I'm selling cars and you're the engineer, bud. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This is funny, you know, like, yeah. uh, it's just good to know people are listening. Uh, it was really uh, nice yeah. to see a friend again and uh you know um, well and engage with us online if you can 100%. if you find us on facebook um we we're always just having conversations in the background about topics but we'd like to know your interests we'd love to go uh, like you know put a statement in there and we'll debate it i'll, I'll jump on whatever side yeah. uh, evan doesn't want to and vice versa right <laughs> yeah so. fair enough uh also like um kim cruchelle come back yeah, 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 come back. Yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah, we we'll want to know. Back on here, we want to know the things. Yeah, we want to make sure that we can uh, we can roast the, the the former mayoral candidates alongside you. Yes, and also know what so he's not doing. What's he not telling us? <laughs> the gondola. What is it really? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, stay warm. Making the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Yeah, enjoy your hump day, guys. We'll see you on Friday.